Beautiful people. Welcome to 321 Your Kitten. Bobby the Awesome here is July 26th, and I am up nice and early on a Sunday morning because I get to go golfing with my stepfather and Victor, and that's awesome. And the most cool part is I'm able to. Uh, give Polly my, I'll call it extra car for a lack of word. And that will give me some, some relief knowing that um, it's going to good use because the car that I bought last year has just been sitting here. So it makes me happy that I can help out a little bit and get a bonus visit and bonus round of golf in all at the same time. Now, I need to tell you guys, you know, how much I've been working and enjoying working. And I really have a lot of IOUs to other people. But I I need to allow myself a play day. So I think the universe is telling me to chill out a little bit and go have some fun with the guys this morning. And I'm calling this out because stress is another trigger, right? It, if we get overwhelmed and we don't make time for ourselves, I know I could very easily rationalize it when I was in that mode and be like, oh, I don't have time for me. And oh, I got to do this. And oh, I got to do that. Well, I deserve to go to the casino. I deserve to gamble. I deserve to relax. And I could see that pattern so <laughs> so vividly in my mind because, yeah, that was entitlement was a big part of why I used to gamble was to offset things like what I'm saying is if you get just run down and, and your defenses are down and you overdo things, it's very easily, it's just part of the rationalization, but I just want to call out that excuse of, well, the fact that that could be one of our excuses and it doesn't have to be. You can go golfing too <laughs> or whatever floats your boat as far as um, activities or, you know, stress-free time. I'm I'm rationalizing golfing as well because I'll do some walking. Polly's really good. He knows my secret about how, like, how I like to walk on the course and he drives the cart and we got a little system. So I'll at least get some steps in and some sunshine, which is which is all good stuff. It's stuff I need to keep me fueled. Okay, today's reading is, <laughs> I wish this was actually July 23rd's reading because it so describes exactly my mindset about how I'm going forward in life and yeah, I really like it. So anyway, Alice Dewar Miller says, I have seen much to hate here, much to forgive some of us grew up in very sick families, and it's hard to put the past behind us. Coming to terms with who we are and learning to forgive are complicated by old pain, a childhood filled with anger and resentment and sadness. But we're not children anymore. Our minds, spirits, and bodies are adult. We have adult tools to use in resolving our old pain. 
In recovery, we can learn to recognize our anger and begin to work at forgiveness. We might be resentful not only of our families, but of our past friends, too. We seem to spend a lot of time alone, isolating ourselves from pain. Oh, how sad we were and probably still are, unless we have taken a courageous step forward and started to work on these issues. Our past can never change, but how we view the past can. All this takes a lot of work to accept and deal with in a healthy way. It takes thought, tears, honesty, admitting our own mistakes, and lots of spiritual support from our group. A strong belief in higher power helps reassure us that life can be good to us if we are good to ourselves. When we are finally ready to release ourselves from the past, when we are ready to forgive our family and to be happy for our friends' happiness, we have truly broken free. It is a long and emotional journey, but one that will free us from old pain and let us rejoice in the here and now. Today, help me learn from the past, not live in it. Oh, that's such a freaking foundational, perfect way of putting it. <laughs> I, I don't know the exact words of what I'm feeling right now, but um, this, is, this is such an important part. And based on the conversation I had with my counselor last week, I, I may not have accomplished this as much. And she wants me to think about this a little more. And it was funny. She says, well, Bobby, I, I really want you to listen to the podcast with the lady that you had. And she was talking about Odile. I think Odile was like episode maybe eight or nine or both. It was a two part because this lady is just brilliant, brilliant. I mean, she just, she just got a hundred on a quiz or a test some testing at Harvard regarding the brain like that's how badass this lady is and she really gets into how to look at the past and change the emotions and give some tricks and tips and um, as I'm saying this I'm wondering if I should maybe hire her to work with me a little bit on this hmm yeah, she got 100% on the Harvard Online Neuroscience Final Exam. I don't even think I can get 100 on repeating that sentence. And then 99% overall. So we are not talking about someone who just makes it up as she goes along. She is the real deal. And I guess while I'm chatting, I'll look it up what episode it is so I can tell you. Because this... Okay, so this is how I feel about my past. And you guys know this probably if you've, if you've listened enough. I feel like everything that I ever learned was a tool. And I think, and I'm grateful for everything that I've ever learned just because of the way that my life is panning out and who I've become. Like every single thing that's ever happened in any of our lives helps define who we are today. And since I really am proud of myself today and like who I am today, I'm grateful for everything that's ever happened in my past. And I think instead of, you know, completely forgetting about the past, which I'm really good at doing, I have like I just forget things so much. Um, and it is episode nine and ten for Odile for anybody who wants to check it out. Um she tells a story about these young twins 
and it really offered clarity for me at the time regarding how siblings can turn out so different. And I think that was my focus the first time I listened to it. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to it with my counselor's my counselor's eyes on and see if um, I connect or or view it different this time. Oh, isn't that nice? Like I'm I'm doing a podcast so I could give myself therapy <laughs> as I need it based on uh, whatever I put out there. So, so learning from the past, it, it's funny because I could almost say, and this, wow, this, what I'm about to say is going to sound kind of wacky. My why, like why I gambled, and I, I get it. Some folks don't believe that knowing that is important. Um, and I used to feel that way too because that was the way I was programmed in the GA mindset. And I can understand that. I believe that knowing why might not be important maybe in early recovery. And early recovery is defined differently for different people. But so when one of the... One of the things that always had stuck with me through teenage and life was I don't want to be an alcoholic because Bob was an alcoholic and it was in my past and I just didn't want to grow up to be an alcoholic. So I believe that that's part of where the action of gambling came in for me because it didn't feel like an addiction because it's one of those hidden addictions. It's not as obvious. It's more accepted. I just was doing a, a recording an Instagram little series about how gambling just blends right into our tradition sometimes, and um, it's kind of it's it's just not one of those things that appears to be as bad. So, if I was trying, I, I guess in order to not be an alcoholic, I was trying to remember the past. Or the things about, you know, what an alcoholic looks like and why I wouldn't want to be one. So that was a way to learn from my past. Now, of course, I'm telling you that I feel like it had something to do with why I picked gambling as a coping mechanism. But it doesn't mean that I didn't learn, you know, I still didn't want to be an alcoholic. Um I did learn, you know, I don't want to be an addict in general. That took a little longer, (laughs) you know, to figure out the gambling piece, but that's okay. It happened in the exact amount of time it was supposed to happen. I think, I think there have been many things in my life, and I, I guess they say this about, you know, history. Historians will look backwards to, you know, help look forwards because things repeat themselves. So I think I learned a lot of what I thought normal was. Like that was a big part of my past. You know, the way the way I position my life, like for example, mom got pregnant with me when she was 18. So I remember going, okay, I don't want to be pregnant when I was 18. So I think at 18 or 19, 20, I was like, oh, phew, 
I wasn't, you know, like I'm already breaking the cycle. So it wasn't even my past that I was trying to learn from in that case. But there was different things like that that made me create my bench part, my benchmarks. And I'd be like, I don't want to have kids until I'm in a better position to have kids. Because I don't know all the details, again, because I forget things. But I remember some some crazy things about... um like Bob never I don't think he ever worked on the books that I know of and I don't know he was an upholsterer so I don't know if it was just all under the table money or whatever I don't know but we didn't have a ton of money and I remember like Christmases there's certain random things that that stick out and one of them was this game for I think it was Atari if if you know what Atari is, <laughs> but it was a Kool-Aid man game. And back in those days, oh my gosh, I feel so old saying that. But back in those days at supermarkets, there was these walls and they would have all these little coupon looking things, but they were rebates. And I think that you had to save up points from packages of Kool-Aid in order to get this video game. And as I got older, I realized that the video game and then you know we used to get pickles for Christmas and food stuff for Christmas it turned out at least this is the way I I did it in my mind was okay well what I learned from that was I think my mother used food stamps you know to help do some of the Christmas presents and make it look like there was stuff under the table because Bob wasn't one of those you know steady paycheck kind of fellas um and I'm not sure that all the money went towards taking care of us anyway. Again, my my memory is a little fuzzy. So that became part of my values and my principles was I'm not going to have a kid until I could do a better better job than this. Like I don't want to have to like I still get pickles for Christmas, for example. And I love that. And it's a choice now for my mother. She could buy me pickles or not buy me pickles. I didn't ever want to be in a position to where I didn't have a choice. So that would be part of my past that's kind of helped me become who I've become and set some of the goals. Now, I still never ended up having kids. And I probably, honestly, up until maybe the last... I don't know, maybe a couple years. But even as I was going through my early recovery, I wouldn't want it to have kids. But So I'm probably just now at the point where I might be able to be a decent parent, but now it's like too late anyway. It wasn't, it wasn't meant, it wasn't meant for me. Anyway, I totally went in a random direction there. But the things that we, we can learn from in the past don't necessarily even have to be ours. I know how I don't like to behave. I like I know that I I know that maybe choices I've made in the past or things that I didn't have a choice about that were bad. I mean, my first boyfriend like, you know, real boyfriend um died at 17 years old. So there's pain that comes with that and it had nothing to do with what I could control or whatever. But that was another piece of the past that helped shape my personality. 
So what I need to work on, I think, is what Brenda is saying, my counselor. I think she's telling me that, you know, go back and instead of just recognizing that Ed passed away, go back and look at, you know, maybe the good Ed stuff. I have this really cute photo of us at a Halloween um, party from, God, I was, you know, 15, 16 years old. So start reframing some of that ick, you know, and, and learn from it and go forward. I know I was always afraid of super heavy-duty drugs, you know. There was a lot of loss surrounding drugs, so I learned from that. I was too afraid to stick a needle in my arm. I was too afraid to, I didn't like water up my nose, so why the hell would I like white powder up my nose? So luckily that stuff kept me scared <laughs> and respectful. So back to some of the concepts of the the reading. We're not children anymore. You know, our, our minds and bodies are adult, our spirits. And we we can't change the past but we need to learn to forgive any complications from the old pain, a childhood filled with anger and resentment and sadness. So learning to cope with that and, and get through that and I, I think call it free, reframe it is the best way so that we're not, the way the reading says, you know, being resentful for our family or our friends. I don't resent anything anymore because it was all learning and it was all, it's all something I could be grateful for because without all of this, I wouldn't be sitting here. Like I just can remind myself of that so clearly. So that line, our past can never change, but how we view it can. And it takes work, takes tears and honesty. Like it really does take these things, um, when we're ready to release ourselves, when we're ready to forgive our family and be happy for, you know, our friends and other people in our life, we are truly broken free. That's the way the reading says. And when you're free from the pain, it's no different than empty in our bucket. And we know how important that is. We got to get all that negative junk out of our, out of our, way out of our thinking, um, out of our bucket so that we can move forward. So I think the past is important, but I also think that we can't live there. I think we need to take the nuggets we can and just move forward. I need to also continue to remind you that the moving forward piece and what it looks like and where you end up is so worth it. It's worth the journey. It's worth the reflection. It's worth the processing. It's it's amazing to not be burdened by all that stuff. We can't change it anyway, right? Like, it's just that simple. We can't do anything to change it. We can move forward and try to learn from it and not be like, you know, those people in our world that might not have been the best examples you can move forward and try to be better parents if you have kids, if if you didn't, you know, like some of that stuff. And remember, folks, as a general rule, most parents are just doing the best they can. They don't know what they don't know. 
And I'm like the oldest child, so of course I'm the first and they had to figure things out. But we got to give our folks a break too. Okay, yeah, I totally went in a bunch of different directions. I think it must be time for me to go get ready for golf. I'm over the 20-minute mark. Um, I hope you guys are having a good weekend. I would be updating you on the Blue October concert from last night, but I kind of fell asleep. Not like during the concert or anything. I fell asleep before it. So I have to go back and watch that. Luckily, Karen loves me and bought bought it for me for my birthday, and I will have it forever. So that makes me happy. Lifetime access to uh, that and some of the other shows you guys were hearing me talk about when he was doing them on Friday nights, which I think he's going to start again um, in August, which is pretty exciting. So that's the scoop today. Let's look forward. Let's have a great Sunday or, yeah, Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this. I will be back with you guys tonight, and uh, we will do X, Y. We must be on Y. Okay, we only got a couple days left, which is good because we're running out of July, and we need to get step seven in. Maybe I need to get step eight in early August so I don't miss it um, or cut it as close as I did for June and July. We'll have to see. All right, I will see you. Well